You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Friday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there. A lot to get to on Locked On Cougars. Going to talk a little bit about Zach Wilson as Kirk Herbstreet from ESPN had some very good thoughts on what Zach will face if he goes to New York like we're all expecting in the upcoming NFL draft. Under two weeks away, by the way, from this. Two weeks from now, Zach Wilson could already be inbound to New York City. We'll talk a little bit about that and what Kirk Herbstreet had to say. We'll also continue to count down our 100 seasons of BYU football with the 1899 Brigham Young Academy team and we'll also catch up on everything else you need to know about BYU sports Mike Saunders Jr. announcing he was not going to announce his destination yesterday what does that mean for the BYU men's basketball program Uh, the BYU women's volleyball program is into the Sweet 16 after a sweep of UCLA we'll cover it all ahead on today's show so without further ado let's dive on in this is the Locked on Cougars podcast for April 16th 2021 What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars here. A lot to get to ahead on today's show, but a reminder before we get going here, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you guys don't mind. It helps our audience build and it makes it easier for BYU fans to find this podcast, but also conversely helps us as a podcast find BYU you fans those of you who've been listening for a long time or if you're new your guys' support is valued i can say that without any hesitation it's amazing to see what you guys have to say about things on every matter with regards to what's going on in byu sports and you guys trusting me to break things down for you every day just means the world to me so thank you for your support of the podcast on that front but now let's get to more pressing and more important matters what you guys actually care about on this show i'll get out of the way but we'll talk about zach Wilson here for a moment. Zach Wilson, obviously, we're all counting down the days until the NFL draft. We are under two weeks away. Yesterday, Thursday would have been the two-week mark, and at this point, uh, two weeks from now, Zach Wilson could be on a plane flying to New York City to be introduced to the New York Jets media. Maybe he doesn't fly to New York, who knows? Maybe he's doing it via Zoom, but nonetheless, he should be being introduced at this point, or today, two weeks from now. And it's crazy to think it's that quick that's coming back quickly but I think this is a young man any of you who have watched Zach Wilson you understand what this young man's all about but it's something that I think that the national media even the media in New York is still learning about I've done some podcasts recently with various hosts of different podcasts out there in New York and the question has always come up what's Zach Wilson all about well I could give you guys my spiel, but why should we not let a guy like Kirk Herbstreet let him have his say on who Zach Wilson is as a prospect? Uh, Kirk Herbstreet was on a media call talking about a new series he's doing. It used to be the Gruden Grinder, the QB camp that John Gruden did before he got uh, hired as the head coach of the Oakland Raiders. Well, now it's uh, Kirk Herbstreet kind of stepping into that role. It's called like QB 21 or something like that. It'll be an interview series that he does with these top quarterbacks in the draft 
class, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, you know who they are. Well, he was asked on this media call about Zach Wilson by a member of the New York media about Zach adjusting to life if he were to land in New York as a guy who grew up and played football here in Utah and just overall about what Zach Wilson's skill set is. And here's what Kirk Herbstreet had to say. Man, that's Brian, you know how that is trying to predict how a player, whether it's baseball or football or even basketball, how they're going to project from a personality standpoint into that market. Um, I was impressed with all I can tell you, Brian, is when, when I had a chance to sit down with all these guys. And what I liked about Zach Wilson is this guy has a chip on his shoulder. He wears a, you know, he, he wears a, uh, a wristband that says, prove them wrong. And I was like, who are you trying to prove wrong? My man, like everyone loves, you. <laughs> everyone loves you, you, uh, but it's just, he wasn't recruited heavily he played. He grew up at Salt Lake played his dad played at Utah, Utah didn't recruit him. And I think from that point on, he, he, he had a chip on his shoulder and he, and he has not let it go. How about during COVID guy lives in Salt in Provo and we're in a global pandemic. He wants to get his work in. His quarterback coach that he works with is a former BYU quarterback guy named John Beck. He drives 10 hours one way on a Friday to go to Los Angeles or Orange County to work with John Beck for Saturday and a Sunday workout and then drives 10 hours back. And he did that numerous times uh, throughout the pandemic. So I, I think the mental toughness, which is what you need, to be able to go into that situation. I, I don't think I personally would question it. I'd be careful of looking him with at his baby face and growing up in Utah and judging uh, the cover of a book on, on what you see. Uh, th- this kid's got some good wiring. I love guys that are mad. I love guys that are out to prove everybody wrong. And I think he, um, he's not emotional about it or he's not like, yeah, you know, on social media, you'll see it's nothing like that. It's like an internal fire that that's burning that I, I think is real. Um, as far as the concern about who they played, you know, the guy started for three years. He played in some big games. You know, he took a step at a whole different level this year, obviously. Some of that may have had to do with their competition. I think some of it had to do with just they were better. They were better around him. They were better on the offensive line. They were deeper. They're better in the backfield. Um, they were they were good at receiver. They lost an All-American tight end who would have been taking them to another level before they played their first game. So I would have loved to have seen them play against some of those Pac-12 teams and some of the Big Ten teams that were scheduled, but we didn't get a chance to see it. But I don't think it takes away from the player that he is based on the way I saw him grow from year one to year two and then having an entire offseason to get stronger and get physically better. And the commitment to, to work on his game, um, I think, is there. And I don't think it'll, it'll, it'll change. I don't know if he's going to end up being the guy. We all seem to be assuming that, uh, that he's the guy that, that New York's going to take. But if you end up getting him, I think he can handle, uh, I think he can handle the market. We'll see. And I think you're going to fall in love with the kid as far as his attitude and determination. There you go, Kirk Herbstreet. And all I can say really is amen. I think Kirk Herbstreet disarmed every concern about Zach Wilson. He wears that prove them wrong wristband. He talked about he plays angry, but it's not in a showboat or a, a kind of a 
way that is going to make people angry because he doesn't go out on social media and say, I'm going to prove you wrong. He just does it on the field. He lets his play do the talking for him. That's the best part about a guy like Zach Wilson. And I think any of you listening to this podcast can concur with what Kirk Herbstreit is saying. Kirk has been a longtime admirer of a guy like Zach Wilson. He actually called the first game against Navy in the 2020 season, if you guys will recall, all the way back in, what was that, late August? No, early September, regardless. Seems like so long ago. The pandemic really is just wearing on everybody. But nonetheless, he has been a big-time proponent of Zach Wilson and what Zach Wilson's potential could be. And I think it was really, really cool to hear him uh, speak out for Zach on that front. And really, really cool to hear that from a guy like Kirk Herbstreit, who this is a guy who is a Columbus born and bred guy, played at Ohio State, has now been an analyst for many, many years, excuse me, and it's just absolutely enthralled with a guy like Zach Wilson, you can tell, and that's really, really cool to see, and we're wishing nothing but the best for Zach Wilson as he continues his preparations for the NFL draft, and looking forward to seeing that play out on TV, on ESPN and ABC and the NFL Network, just under two weeks away from now. All right, we will stick with the BYU football theme of things, continue on with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. We're talking about the 1899 Brigham Young Academy team. Some interesting notes about this team, considering they didn't actually play a game in 1899. We'll explain why coming up here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at betonline.ag, folks. It is the fastest and easiest way to go about all of your sports betting needs, whether it's the NBA, NHL, MLB. You want to put futures bets down on BYU football, NFL action on the futures there. You think a guy's going to win NFL MVP, all that good stuff. You can do it all at BetOnline. They've got every resource for you. Updated odds, updated prop bets, whatever you might need. Bet online, I promise you, either, if they don't have it, they'll create it for you. That's how great this company is. So if you want to get in on the action, go to their website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up now. It's free to sign up on their website. But also, when you make your first deposit with Bet Online and use the promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. You heard that right. 50% added on to whatever you deposit the first time using that promo code Locked On. L O C K E D O N and you'll get free money to play with some courtesy of Bet Online. Take advantage of it now, guys. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Folks, want to encourage you guys to make sure you check out the Locked On Today podcast every single day. Get you up to speed with all the major sports news in every major sport with our host, Peter Bukowski, as well as a cavalcade of different hosts from right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Download Locked On Today, the podcast, wherever you get your podcast or on the brand new Odyssey app. It's a great podcast, guys. I mean it sincerely. I listen to it every morning on my way into work at the Zone Sports Network. It's a nice, quick way to catch up on everything you need to know. And it's done in 20 minutes or less, by the way. It's a really, really cool 
Bowl format. So check that out. All right, time to continue on with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. We are getting you guys ready for the upcoming season in 2021 by talking about the other 100 seasons that BYU as an institution, or in the case of today, Brigham Young Academy, have played in their history. We're talking about 1899 today. And an interesting story about this is BYU, Brigham Young Academy at the time, was expected to play games in 1899. They had a schedule set up. There's a story about BYU in Utah having a game set up for 1899. But uh, during these early years, Brigham Young Academy had uh, church leaders and school officials who were concerned about football. Any of you who are a history buff probably understand that during this era, the early days of college football, it resembled more of rugby, let's be honest. You couldn't really pass the ball forward in many instances, and the rules were just archaic and different from where they are today but it was a dangerous game there's no doubt about it we talk about the dangers of head trauma today well how about the dangers of guys just dying on the field that's what the concern was in the 1800s through the early 1900s this was a sport that was advocated for on multiple occasions just to be outlawed plain and simple there were people who were saying that football is a barbarous game that needs to be outlawed from western society they did not want it to be part of western society and it actually took a president, Teddy Roosevelt. Yes, President Teddy Roosevelt had to get a lot of the policymakers, the big names in the sport together in the early 1900s to reform the rules, safety concerns, all that stuff to ensure the future of this great sport. And I know that there are people out there probably who today still think that maybe Teddy Roosevelt should have just let it die when it did. Okay, you know what? That's your prerogative. I am of the opinion that football gave me so much more than I got from it. It it really was just a critical thing for me. And I never played above the high school level. I know many people have gone on to play in the pro ranks. I do it in my daily job talking to these people, play at the college level. I didn't make it past that level, but playing football was absolutely an incredible experience for myself. And I think many of you listening to this can attest to that if you did suit up and play football. But in 1899, Brigham Young Academy was expected to play football, but then a couple of things happened that caused the season to be nixed and football to be banned from all church-sponsored institutions for over 20 years. Let's back up and talk about what happened here. So after the son of a member of the LDS General Board of Education, education for church school church schools excuse me died as a result from his football injuries as well as the son of another general board member was maimed for life for the same cause football was banned at all church schools uh, obviously at that time the LDS church the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was running multiple institutions bringing an academy amongst them But by December of 1900, all semblances of organized football had been excluded from Brigham Young Academy's sports program, and there remained the policy until the early 1920s, which we will get to next week when BYU, Brigham Young University, began playing football once again in 1922 and has carried on with pretty much without interruption outside of World War II for the uh, duration of the past century or so. But... In 1899, BYU had games set up against the likes of the University of Utah, but had to cancel them as a result of their having two players on the LDS's Church Board of Education. One was killed, and there's not, it's not a laughing matter. I, I trust me, I'm, I'm not trying to say that. One of them was killed, another one maimed for life, and this was very indicative and just very, uh, just 
how things were in the late 1800s with regards to this sport. It was a sport that it seemed like, if you read any books on this, I can recommend a whole cavalcade of them to you because I've read most of them in my studies at both uh, Brigham Young University studying history there and also just my everyday life because I'm a history nut, that this sport was very much on life support at many points during this era. So it's not surprising at all that BYU, Brigham Young Academy, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, just decided, you know what? We ain't dealing with this. We're nixing it. We're, we're canceling the sport. And there was actually church leaders who also were concerned about endorsing the sport with all the injuries, rowdy crowds and boisterous yelling. I know that in this day and age, many of you would be like, wow, they sound like blue hairs out there. And if you get that reference, high five to you. Some of you may get it. Some of you may not. But nonetheless, just crazy to think that 1899, all of a sudden, after winning or claiming two state championships just two years previous, the Church Board of Education comes down and says, you know what? This sport, it's done. Finito. It's over. We're not playing it anymore. We're not participating in it. And I'm sure that the players during that era were going to be upset or were upset. Not we're going to. It's been in the past. They were upset about having their sport taken away from them. As I have stated previously, I would like to have more information on this. And as I get a chance to do more research on it, I need to get down to BYU, to the Harold B. Lee Library, the L. Tom Perry Special Collections area of that library, and dig into this a little bit more. But I can guarantee you there were guys in 1899 who were crying foul about this sport being canceled but you can also understand when you have two members of the board that kind of dictate the guidelines and kind of the parameters of how these church schools are going to go one lost a son due to injuries just killed him and another one maimed for life you can understand why they would be in fierce opposition to this sport continuing on as a part of bringing academy's mission but the good news is, in the early 1900s, Teddy Roosevelt sat down with a bunch of the big names in the sport, and they came to a consensus that, yes, if we want this sport to continue, we want to enjoy the sport that we love, we want, we've dedicated our lives to it, it needs to be changed. We need to go out and make sure that it's safer for athletes. And safe is a relative term. I think many of you understand that. Helmet technology is a really big buzzword these days, CTE and all that head trauma. But nonetheless, it's a different era of football and it's a doing big part to, yes, all the injuries, all the deaths that happened during this period were awful. There's no doubt about that. You never want to see somebody's life end up prematurely playing a game. But I think that a guy like Teddy Roosevelt needs to be commended for saving this sport and allowing it some point down the road, two decades later, for Brigham Young University to re-enter the intercollegiate ranks and play football once again. I'm looking forward to diving into the 1920s, talking about the reintroduction or the restart of the BYU football program during that era. We'll get to that next week and we'll continue on throughout the summer, getting you ready for 2021's season upcoming by looking back at all these seasons. I think there's a lot of storylines, a lot of uh, lessons we can learn from all these different seasons, especially the early years from the 1920s to the 1940s of BYU struggles that can kind of be parlayed and learned from. And we'll talk about all that in coming upcoming editions of this podcast. But looking forward to that. Coming up next, though, we will continue on with what you guys need to know here on a Friday. BYU Women's Volleyball sweeping UCLA in the NCAA tournament to advance to the Sweet 16. We'll talk about that. Also, some more updates on the transfer portal saga with regards to what's going on with the BYU Men's Basketball Program. That's all ahead right here in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Bill 
Built Bar, folks, absolutely love this company. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars, and I mean that sincerely. I love eating Built Bars, and they are absolutely incredible for you. That's the best part about it. They're soft and easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate. You will feel like you are eating a candy bar when you give Built Bars a shot, and I mean that. You can you can test me on that. If you don't think so, feel free to fire back at me, but I believe that you will enjoy them. Over 20 different flavors. They're always introducing new ones. It seems like every month I get a new box with a new flavor or two in it, and they're absolutely incredible, folks. Give them a shot. You can go to BuiltBar.com to learn more about it, but while you're there, when you may place your first order, use the promo code LOCKED15, or even your next order. It doesn't necessarily have to be a first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. Save some money, enjoy the best tasting protein bars, and do it with our friends at Built Bar. Once again, that's promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com, and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars anywhere. Folks, get ready. Monday, we begin the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, which is brought to you by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. You'll be able to download it wherever you get your podcast or on the Odyssey app. Yours truly will be part of this, talking about Zach Wilson and where he's picked in this mock draft. I think you have a guess probably of where he's going, but I have had my thoughts recorded. They'll be part of this podcast series. Download it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. It should be a fun week-long venture both courtesy of the Locked On Podcast Network, as well as Odyssey. All right, catching you guys up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan today. The number 16 seed BYU women's volleyball was put to the test by UCLA, but the Cougars rolled to a sweep after an absolutely incredible second set. BYU uh, won the first set 26-24, rallied in the second set to win 31-29, and I think they broke the collective spirit of the Bruins, winning the third set 25-17 to advance to the sweep. 16 of the NCAA tournament. It is the first win for BYU against UCLA in the rally era since 2001. Taylor Ballard-Nixon led BYU 13 kills. Whitney Bauer, who's absolutely sensational, had 38 assists in the match. Uh, BYU will now face number one overall seed uh, Wisconsin. All the matches outside of BYU's are scheduled for Sunday, but due to the Sunday play policy that BYU has in effect, the NCAA has adjusted the schedule, and the Badgers and the Cougars will face off Saturday night. Looking forward to seeing the Cougars get their chance to take down number one if they do it they'll make it to the elite eight it's their they're in the eighth sweet 16 in the last nine ncaa tournaments now to take down uh, number one seed and big 10 champion wisconsin to make it to the elite eight but we'll be looking forward to that on saturday night other notes for you include uh, byu women's softball making it 12 straight with an eight nothing five inning victory over southern utah congratulations to the byu softball program they continue to roll absolutely dominating in-state opponents this week they'll get back into conference play next week and then also a couple of the notes for you guys with regards to what's going on in the transfer portal we talked yesterday about how we were expecting mike saunders jr to announce his transfer destination well he put it out on instagram yesterday kind of midday that he would not be announcing his transfer destination it might have been a little bit early it might have been in the morning and of course i love that when i record a podcast talking about my belief that he's going to pick byu and then he says you know what i'm not going to do that cincinnati just hired their new head coach and there was some thought out there if you read on Twitter and in social media from those out there with the Bearcats that Mike Saunders Jr. may be reconsidering leaving the Bearcats now with a new coach in place. I think that he is still enthralled with BYU. I think if he were to actually leave Cincinnati, the pick would be the Cougars. But I think at this point, the big concern is that, yes, they have a new coach at Cincinnati who's going to go and quote-unquote re-recruit Mike Saunders Jr. He's from the Midwest, so it wouldn't be all that surprising to see him 
opt to remain with the Bearcats now that John Brannon, the head coach that he had an issue with, has been fired unceremoniously and has moved on. So very interesting situation all the way around with regards to what's going on in the transfer portal. I think Kerr Creesa is absolutely a big time target for BYU, the transfer from the University of Arizona. Can a guy like Tommy Lloyd, the former Gonzaga assistant who's just been hired as the Wildcats' new head coach, can he hold on to Creesa? I know the BYU staff would love to have Kerr Creesa join them in Provo. Kind of funny to see him back to back. It's kind of cycles, I guess you'd call it. You had a guy like uh, Alex Barcelo come in for two years, absolutely be a stalwart for the BYU basketball program. Well, how about Kirk Kreese being the next guy to transfer from Tucson to Provo and light it up for the Cougars? I think it'd be a really, really cool story. I don't necessarily know uh, how close BYU is. I'm sure they've already reached out to a guy like Kirk Kreese, but they will have to wait and see if he reciprocates any interest from them or if he decides, you know what, Tommy Lloyd's a good coach. I'm going to remain here in Arizona and play out my days as a wildcat but a very interesting story all the same to track all of that so here's hoping that Mike Saunders Jr. still picks BYU but I also could understand him deciding you know what I'm sticking around Cincinnati they got rid of the guy that I couldn't stand speaking of John Brennan the head coach and I'm going to just stick it out here and play for the Bearcats you've established your life there I get why you would want to maybe have some continuity and stick stick it out but also just being selfish you'd love to see him in a BYU uniform all right, that's going to do it for a Friday edition of the show. A busy weekend ahead for all BYU sports. We'll have a full recap for you guys on that on Monday. But we will also make sure we continue on with our 100, 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. Talking about 1922, the reintroduction of the sport at Brigham Young University. Um, you guys think that in-state rivalries are a big thing now? And obviously, different programs have, quote-unquote, vendettas for one another. Just wait until you hear about 1922 and how it affected the BYU football program trying to re launch their program. I'll tell you this much, Utah and Utah State played a big role in BYU struggling right out the gate. And we'll talk about that on Monday. That's a tease. Enjoy the rest of your day whenever you hear this. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch, or feel free to reach out anytime via email. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Have a great rest of your Friday whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 16th, 2021. And we will talk to you guys on Monday.